Welcome to the Transcending Sport podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. After you take the exam, well, I'm gonna call it an exam, but after you do the assessment, it's, it's about an eight-minute test, right. and, and it gives you a lot of feedback in you know four different categories of vision and, and brain health, and they're also using it as a certified medical device, so that they're they're able to do like um, stuff for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and um, yeah, and um, I was go ahead. I'm wondering if there's any um, application with some kids that have like processing issues you know like with learning and stuff like that well yeah there's, um, there's a reading test so the, there's yeah. a so the so, so the like brain so the brain health with that. yeah so the brain health um the brain health exam right assessment uh-huh. a lot of those tests because it's, it's a series of different tests that test for right. different things in the entire assessment so some yeah. of the some yeah. of the sports so, so for the sports iq exam it, it gives you, it asks you for certain things that are also in the brain health test. And then there's also a reading test. Because you got a lot of kids who, the reason why they aren't performing in school the way that they probably could be is because it could be when they're reading and studying, yeah. they're not able to process and it, it becomes um, frustrating and discouraging for them to exactly. even want to read. So yeah. so yeah. That, that's really big with parents who are, in, who are concerned with you know, I know my I know my child is smart. Why are they not performing? Why right. are they not studying? Why are they not scoring? You know, as high right. as that I know they could. And so these are what this is one of the things that you know we, we we're doing, and we're using that for that. They're also using it for concussion, of course, as a percu- as a concussion to get baselines for concussion and stuff like that. But, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's exciting. That's, and that's cool. one of the technologies, the latest ones. And then I'm working with another another one that's kind of new, called Body Track, because Body Track was first in golf. Uh-huh. first and now they're actually doing more stuff in baseball because there's so many things that are related you know golf is like almost baseball's cousin and because of the, right. just, just the way we're talking about rotational sports and rotational velocity and, and so forth and so on so um, body track is an actual mat that the hitter stands on and there's sensors is that is that my phone? no 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 that's mine sorry <laughs> I thought I had a mouse or something in there. <laughs> I'm holding a piece of paper. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, you can hear this. <laughs> I heard it in stereo, too. I'm like, it felt like it was all around me. <laughs> Holy smokes. Okay, so so anyway, um, so Body Track has fabric. Um, in the fabric of the carpet is where the sensors are. So it gives us, um, it gives us ground force, and it measures... You know the front part of the foot, the middle part of the foot, and the heel in terms of how much ground pressure, how much ground force wow. we're actually getting in an athlete. Because sometimes we know, we know that athletes are strong, but it's it's also good to know, it's good to know where yeah. it's coming from, and and how it's coming through the feet into the hands and into the into the into the back. Actually, using it all, yeah. Yeah, so it, it gives us a little bit more information, um, which kind of helps because then we can start to um, find out, you know, for the person that weighs this much. How much should they be getting from the ground, and at what time in the swing are they getting it from the ground? Because you really can't see that with the naked right. eye all the time. Even with video, right. you can't see it. So when yeah. we, we can we can put a number on that. I mean, when you put up put up start putting things together, 
you know, it, it becomes pretty interesting on um, what what we can what we can ascertain with with the, all this all this technology. So I'm I'm excited about it. It's, it's my thing. So sounds fun. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. that's cool. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. So I'm glad you were able to come on. I'm glad you were able to come on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I want to. I need to know how do I. I want, I'm like, how do I introduce? How do I introduce Stacy? Like, are you the the personal growth co- growth coach? Like, personal growth coach? Like, what do I say? No, I don't know. I mean, people just say that I'm a sports mom of eight kids. Um, <laughs> I I don't even know what to call what I you know what we do or whatever. Um, so that's a good question. Um, most of the time, we just say that uh, I'm a sports mom of eight and like to support families through the youth sports journey, you know, because we've been through a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Of ups yeah. and downs of it. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's basically in a very, you know, simple nutshell. Okay, um, let's do it then. It let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... What's up, everybody? It's Rob Cruz. This is Transcending Sport. I am your host. And we have a very, very special guest, Stacy Mahoy. She is the sports mom of eight. She is a personal growth coach. And she specializes in inspiring excellence from the inside out. Stacy, awesome. welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much uh, for reconnecting. We've connected before, but it's been a while, so I'm so excited to be here, and I'm glad that we're getting this opportunity to talk. Yeah, this is a great time to just catch up, because, you know, I know back when we were um, in touch more, this was back during the uh, time when I I was writing for um, Fast Pitch Magazine. Yes. And are you you still writing? Yeah. Is is that still happening? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, so I was also writing for them, and yep. um, the only writing I do now is basically on Facebook. That's where I write the most. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that's about it. So, yeah. so, 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 tell us. I mean, you know, they're calling you the sports mom of eight. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I, I didn't want to call you that. But I'm like, <laughs> but let, let's tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing, and. Okay. Uh, I guess the, I always like to start off when I'm introducing a guest for the first time to my audience, like just a little bit about your background and, and how you got into sports and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, sports mom of eight is just something that people remember, you know, it's like kind of hard to forget that. So that's the easy way to uh, kind of stick in people's minds. Yes. Because <laughs> it's unusual. I grew up playing softball from the age of nine up through high school uh, into some college. I had a, I coached for a while after that. Um, had a daughter who played softball all the way through high school as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Can you hear me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not so much like in the game, like at the field and in the sport, so much anymore. Um, because I have other children now who are in other sports. My other two daughters played softball before, didn't like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> scared of the ball, all that sort of thing. They got into boxing and they're now in wrestling, uh, which to me is even scarier than softball. But you know, each person has their own thing. So. Yeah. They're in wrestling. My son is starting to play high school football. He's going to be in high school this coming fall. So there's a lot going on, and I really wanted to be able to be at their events and really be present in their journeys. And um, continuing to coach softball would kind of just put a – there's just too much going on. Um, But I still get to be very close to the game because as the the director of, like, outreach for MVP Leadership Academy, we basically work right now most closely with – uh, competitive female athletes. A lot of them are softball players, and a lot of them will come to us for 
you know, they're struggling with something, whether it's confidence, whether it's like um, they had a they had an injury that they're trying to come back from, whether they're trying to just get over a hump and get to another level in their game, whatever it might be. But they usually come to us for that kind of like mental mental game side of the training. Yeah. And what we do, though, is like we like to support the entire family. So we have one coach that focuses on the kids and I get to support the parents because being a sports parent, like being a parent is already hard. But like add competitive athletics to that and it's even there's more stuff going yeah. on and and in our community there's like so much pressure nowadays that i think parents are there's just so much going on and there's so much like fear of missing out and everybody's saying you have to do all these things and camps and it, there's it's just a lot of stuff and parents um i feel like there was a time where i felt like there's not a whole lot of support for parents um, there was a lot to train the kids, a lot to train the coaches, you know, and give them all kinds of support and resources, but not a lot out there for parents. So we also like to support the parents through the journey because they, they're going through their own stresses and and uh, <laughs> and feeling upset over the things that their kid is going through and not knowing how to help and all that sort of thing. So we that's like to surround the whole family with um, yeah, some that, awesome resources and that, that's power interesting. Team, that's it. interesting. So tell me a little bit about what are some of the most common uh, stresses and, and things that you're helping a lot of the parents with now that we for the parents yes for the parents, um, a lot yeah. of them just you know they see their child going through something hard which is always going to come up right especially as an athlete like it's never perfect and there's going to be challenges and they're going to be adversity and struggle and all this stuff and um a lot of parents that come to us they're they, they're very positive minded right they're very encouraging they're supportive they're involved all of these things but there comes a point at which it's like they don't know what else to, to say to their daughter. They don't know what else to do, right? They're trying to stay positive. They're trying to keep stay encouraging, but she's just having a really hard time with something. And um, they're just like, I don't know what else to do. And it's like, and almost all of them will come in and say like, it, it, sometimes it's just different when they hear it from somebody else, right? It's just like, well, of course you're going to say that mom and dad, like you're my mom and dad, right? But it means something different when someone from the outside is able to come in and actually give them, you know, feedback and give them some tools and some strategies and really help them get clear on exactly what it is, you know, where they're at, um, what their biggest obstacles are, where it is that they want to go. And then we put together like a personal plan for them so that they can have specific things that they're focused on um, to help them kind of break through that thing that's whatever it is that's either holding them back or they're just really trying to achieve like that next level thing, like they're moving up in um to a more competitive team or they're moving up in age level or they're getting ready to go from high school to college yeah so there's this big thing in front of them and they're just wanting to be more prepared not just physically because everybody knows like they get the physical workouts right they get all this softball training they got the hitting coach they've got their speed and agility coach they've got all this stuff but then really preparing mentally and emotionally for that next level because getting there is one thing like work doing all that work to get there is one thing but when you get there you know how it is like there's a whole nother level of <laughs> challenge and um adversity and toughness mm -hmm. that you need there's a whole nother level of growth that happens once you get there yeah, so absolutely. a lot of a lot of people are realizing that they're they either got there and then they weren't prepared for that or they already have the understanding of like i know where i want to go and i feel like there's some things missing from my preparation and my training i'm doing a lot of the physical stuff but I don't really know what to do on like that mental and emotional side. And they're usually pre like the kids, man, they are so insightful. It's so amazing to hear them talk about, 
you know, the things that they're thinking and, and why they're having a hard time with certain things. Like they're so, they're, they're actually very, very aware and pretty, they've got some pretty good emotional intelligence. They just need somebody to be able to talk to about it and then to kind of like point them in the right direction here and there and give them some little ideas to help them refocus um, where their thoughts are going. Because sometimes they're just focused on the wrong thing, right? And and that happens a lot, even with, with parents. Now, do you like find, we get... Yeah, go do, ahead. Do, do you find that um, it's different with moms and daughters than it is with dads and daughters? And is there a pattern of what's the, ex- mm. the expectancies of it? Because I, I, I think... And then, and then, and then, and here's another one: single moms coaching, coaching, single coaching single parents, single mom, single dads, mm. or yeah. when it, when they're both present, is it different with the mom and different with dad? Especially if one of them was an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we find a lot of times is like even when an athlete has two parents, there's always one that's a lot more engaged with like everything that we do than the other one. Like, there's always one that's, like, really into, like, the personal growth and learning the mindset stuff and learning about confidence and how to develop all this stuff within their child. Um, and they're super engaged and involved, and they reach out and ask questions and, and want, like, it's rare that it's two. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that is. Sometimes it's mom, sometimes it's dad, right? It, it just depends um, on that dynamic in that family. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of difference other than because we have primarily female athletes sometimes something that the dad will say is like i don't know what it's like to be a 14 year old girl you know i've never been there (laughs) so so there's that element that they'll bring to the table where moms wouldn't um i don't know we have had between those who've been athletes and who have not been athletes i know that one of the biggest the biggest challenges for parents who were athletes is when they have this expectation or this picture of what it's supposed to how the journey is supposed to go because they've been through it Mm -hmm. and their child doesn't match up with that and i had the same struggle Mm -hmm. um and then it's scary for us right because it's like man i've been there i know what it takes i know what you need to do you told me what your goals are here's the path and then they're not on it like they go and do other things (laughs) they kind of like take their own path Mm -hmm. and that's really that's really difficult for a lot of parents who've been athletes and been through things and they expect that their child's going to respond to certain things the same the same way they did um and if their child has a different way of handling things that's that's usually really difficult um for those who weren't competitive athletes they um they're just usually in that mindset of like i just want her to be happy right like she's she's super good i get that you know she's very talented but she's not happy and i just want her to be happy Yes. So the ones who don't have that experience, they're just much more aware of like how the journey is impacting their child's mental and emotional well-being. And that's a concern for them gotcha. a lot of times. So Does that make sense? That makes, makes perfect sense. So I'm, I've been all around the country. I know you know this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I actually went, actually went on vacation to Hawaii last year. Um, oh, you and, did? And that what my, island? That was my first time. Oh my God. I'm embarrassed to say that I don't even know what <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I had a great time. It was wonderful. Like I, I, I definitely want to go back. I can't, I can't even believe how much, how much I enjoyed it. Um, and, and, um, and, and I don't even go on vacation. That was like the first time I've been on vacation in almost like, I'm not even gonna tell you how, how long, but it was, it was a long time. <laughs> yes, but it was good. And um, so what I noticed though, when I, when I try in my travels, um, is that different parts of the country. 
softball plays out differently. Mm. And, and a lot of it, it has to do with obviously the culture of where you are and um, the time of the year What's it is and, and, and the weather yeah. and weather, um, all these different things. So, and, and, but there's also a, a, a mindset that goes into, that comes from the subculture of where you are that determines how the game is approached, how it's coached, how mm. it's played, the work ethic, how much time is put into it, what people expect yeah. out of it. And uh, so obviously being in Hawaii is obviously different than what we think softball is on this side of the world. The continent. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's different. Um, but so, and, and I'm, I'm curious to know from you, um, what, what do you? What are some of the things that that make it a, a unique experience? And I'm bringing that up because there's this there's there's a young young lady who plays for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Jocelyn Alo. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure if you even if you know her, if you ever came came into contact with her. I do. And yeah. I, I want to know why. I, I just really want to know how you can be a freshman at Oklahoma and hit 30 home runs as a freshman. <laughs> That's crazy well, Joc- to me. Justin was hitting bombs from the time she was 12. Like, I remember um, <laughs> seeing her at, like, a local camp at HPU, right? The local college. Mm-hmm. And she's 12 years old. And she's just blasting balls over the fence. And it was so crazy. She's always been very strong and a very good athlete. And then she also wrestled in high school. So I got to see her wrestle because my daughters were wrestling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, different team. But, you know, she just... Uh, She's, you know, athletic, like clearly physically athletic. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like she's, <laughs> we we were in the same conference in her, um, as her for high school. And there's not a lot of times where she got pitched through. She was walked a lot her senior year because it just didn't make sense. Like you don't pitch to Jocelyn when the game is close and she's going to change the entire game with one swing because she's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just right. not a smart thing to do. So um I think part of it is just, you know, genetics. I think Polynesian Polynesian heritage, like a lot, there's a lot of strength there. Yeah. Um, and then just like the, I think that for me, I feel like there's a lot of local kids who are very athletic. And I think, and this is just my theory, that there, that has a lot to do with um, the amount of time they spend barefoot as a kid, like growing up. Because we don't wear shoes in the house here at all. Like, that, nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're barefoot a lot of the time. And even as young children, like one, two, three years old, maybe even four years old, even out, outside, like, we're not too big on, like, making sure they have shoes on all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, you know, science behind barefootedness and coordination and agility and all of that stuff. So oh, I yes, think, there is. There is, definitely. Know, yep. Yeah. So I think that's another part of it added to the natural athleticism of, you know, the genetics and all of that. There's all that. But um, I think that Jocelyn, to me, and I think this is, I, for me, I feel like this is how, how most, not most people, but how a lot of people here have an easier time of, like, sports is fun, right? She has fun when she plays. And um, she had interactions with my own kids and stuff, and she was always very respectful, but it was always like, man, you know, and I've told her before, like, I can't, are you going to wrestle again? I can't wait to watch you wrestle. It's so fun. You know, I I thought she was going to, and she thought she was going to, but she, for what, she didn't go back to wrestling after she kind of was um, on that path to college and college scholarships and all of that stuff. She just stayed focused on, on softball. But, um, at least for me and for a lot of the kids that I've seen that, that really excel, like they play, 
and they love it, you know? And I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if, if it's more of a cultural thing here or not. I haven't spent a lot of time in other places, mm-hmm. but like we like to have fun. Like it's a sunny place, you know, it's very easy to be upbeat and positive here. No, that's not to say that everyone is like that because we have our fair share of people who are not, mm-hmm. right? And there's negativity here just as much as, you know, anywhere else. But um, it, I think it is a little bit more of a laid back just in general atmosphere where there are still people who are very driven, yes, but there's a lot of people too who like value family time and value more than just the outcomes of the sport. So I don't know if having that mentality going into something like Oklahoma um, it helps you just kind of keep things in perspective so you don't go too far into like pressing right yeah. where you remember you know what it's like to just play and have fun so I I, mean, I think that's a factor but you know um, everybody's gonna have their own their own thoughts on that but I think that uh, I think that anyone who is really excelling at something um, for, well not for the most part most people who are really great at what they do it's something that they they love doing, even the hard stuff. Yeah, it's something that they look forward to. Yeah, I, I, I agree so, with that. I agree with that. Yeah. So so so, walk walk me through this. I'm trying to picture how how this works. I'm a, I'm an athlete. Uh-huh. Um, let's say I'm a softball I'm a softball dad, and uh-huh. and and my daughter's struggling in the area yeah. of maybe it's recruiting, uh-huh. and she's got a tremendous amount of pressure on her. Everybody yeah. around her is um, committing to schools, and oh, she's, yeah. she's she's a kid that's probably peaked a little bit late. She's a small kid, um, so she okay. she needed to to be a little bit more extraordinary just to stand out. Right. Um. I'm I'm worried about her 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 confidence and her ability to perform because it's getting close now. It's getting down to the wire. Mm. You know. Um. What's, and that's a tough situation. And yeah. What, what's that? What's that look like? And when you when you when you're counseling that family, when we're talking with them, um, first of all, it really you know there's two different things going on, right? It's the recruiting part of the journey where there's all of that stuff that you need to do and have those pieces in place so that you can create the opportunities for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then there's the that confidence part of it where it's like, are you mentally and emotionally prepared and strong enough to go through that's a tough situation like when you're getting down to the wire and you're seeing other people commit especially when sometimes like you know that you can play just as well yes. or you know that you can do or maybe even better but other people are getting offers and you're not that's a really difficult place to be and and we see kids who are starting to doubt their own ability who are starting to wonder if like what if my hard work's not going to pay off mm-hmm. who are starting to think that like what if coaches just don't want me and why don't they want me? Like they're starting to have all this self-doubt and it's like, what's actually more, what does that person need the most? Do they need the guidance and the college recruiting side of things, which we don't do, but we have people that we're connected with that are very good at that. So we usually just, you know, connect them with other people for that aspect of things. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, look, you can get all the offers that you need, but if you're, not able to perform because your confidence is shot because of this journey that you just went through like you're not gonna make it right like even if you have the offer you're gonna get there and it's gonna be this whole big thing because now you're in this bigger pond smaller fish your confidence is already shot 
you know, or you're going to go to those exposure. They're going to be like, okay, we're talking to this coach. You need to talk to that coach. And we're making all these contacts and we're showing up to, to play. And then you're not going to be able to perform. That's not going to help all those things that you did on the recruiting side. So for me, I feel like if this is, if this is beginning to be an issue and parents are usually seeing it affect their child in some way where they can see that it's, it's starting to affect their performance. In my mind, like that needs to be fixed before you even worry about the college stuff. Because right. you can do all the right things on that side, and if you can't perform and or you can't, um, you you're not ready to handle that transition to the next level, then it's all for nothing anyway. But right. Do, so, do, do you think we have? Do you think we have a generation, a, a different generation, mentally and emotionally, in terms of emotional resilience now you know, than we did years ago? Or you think it's the same? Or you think just the pressures? Do you think the pressures are more in your face because of social media now? I think that there's a number of factors. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that kids nowadays in general are weaker or less resilient. Mm-hmm. I think that they have different pressures than we had. Yes. I think they're they're in a very different situation than we were ever in. Yes. Um and and I think that they're being raised and led by people who never had to have the kinds of skills that they're needing so then their leaders don't know how to teach it to them. Hmm. Right. There's a lot of people who are just like, well, that's just the way it is. Like, deal with it. And that doesn't actually tell them how to do that. Right. And so, like, our generation didn't really need all that stuff because for whatever reason. But there's a lot of us who weren't taught how to be emotionally resilient. Right. And how to develop emotional and mental skills aside from like you need to be tougher. Like just aside from somebody just being hard on us and we're just figuring it out. And so now we have our kids in the situation and their leaders don't really know how to actually teach that part of it or actually develop and cultivate it because they never got that from their leaders. Okay, you know what so, I'm so, so you have eight. So there's this combination of things mm-hmm. going on in yeah. my mind. So so scenario, you have you have you have eight children. Obviously yes. all, obviously all of all eight of your children are not the same in terms of are different. So you and, and, and you can identify at two years old she's going to be or he's going to be really tough or this one i need i'm going to need to work a little bit more on getting this one tougher you know what i'm saying you and, know and, you know it's it's been very interesting to see because the, okay so we we had that situation with like our first daughter and our second daughter where one was just like this fireball yep. right like game for anything just get out there do it like don't even worry about you know, fail, whatever, just go, right? Yeah. Just go and just keep going. Um, and then our second daughter is very different from that. And she seemed like she had no drive whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's just like, I'm out here to have fun. And she had so much athletic ability. That's you what happens. <laughs> but she didn't apply herself the same way that our oldest did. And, and being athletes ourselves, my husband and I, and we were very driven people. Yes. It was very frustrating. It was like, man, if you would just like go for it you could be so you, good, be, right? you know all this stuff right and then yeah. at one point it was like how do we have how did we end up with the super talented kid that just doesn't try hard <laughs> like it was so mind-blowing yeah but what happened was we put her in a sport that she asked to be in and it was literally like a switch flipped hmm. like a totally different kid completely different um, and you would see all the drive and the dedication and the commitment and the work ethic 
like overnight like literally just like that it all changed so that was a lesson for me because it was like sometimes it's not that they're so talented but lazy they're just not in the thing that actually lights them up and like sets them on fire mm. you know and if we can just help them find that thing the rest takes care of itself right. and, and still she's she's a lot different in that like she likes to um, analyze and have all the information and then formulate a plan and then go and our, some of our other kids are not like that they're just like let's just go right. you know we'll figure it out along the way mm. and both are valuable they're just different and both are actually in their own way mentally tough but they show it in different ways right yeah. so sometimes in our society and in our culture we value certain things or when we see certain kinds of actions happening and we think that that is more ideal or more wanted or better in some way when sometimes it can look differently and still be very effective and very useful and powerful hmm. so it for me i had to learn how to value each individual's child's strengths right and not just compare like well if you could do better at this then you would be this that or the other thing and then i had to understand that they're also not me so they don't do things the way i would normally do them or the way that i that was helpful for me and some of the strengths that i had that were very valuable for me as an athlete it, that it's just not there for them they have different strengths and they have different um, ways of doing things and so really being able to learn how to honor each individual and what their strengths are and what they bring to the table and how that happens for them has been a really interesting process but it's also been very um it, it's just it's very very eye-opening and a lot more fun once i realized i didn't have to turn all of them into me right <laughs> like they're mm -hmm. not me i don't have to force them to to be strong in the ways that i was strong they have their own way yeah. so um yeah, it, yeah, so it was really it's it's really fun actually to be able to honor each child's like design, right? And how they're built and how they're wired to succeed. Yeah. And seeing all the number of different ways that it can happen. This and is, that's like... something that's something that I think that a lot of parents struggle with because like I said, like even I had that preconceived notion of like how it's supposed to be and how it has to look in order for her to succeed. And my children have done an excellent job of showing me that like it can happen so many different ways not just my way <laughs> um and it can turn out amazingly well so that took a lot of pressure off of my shoulders because i was thinking like i have to be the one to lay it all out and make them follow this this plan of action that i come up with because i know better and to realize that like they each have their own journey and they are going to go through it differently than myself or than each other and then it still can be amazing so Absolutely. it's it's been a it's been a really beautiful journey for sure and i learned a lot <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot and still learning a lot because then now we have our oldest son who is really just now really getting into more competitive athletics because he just we did, didn't have him in anything from a young age mm -hmm. and um and he's totally different from his sisters right so it's like this whole other dynamic and i've never had a, a son come up through sports before so it's a new experience for me as well hmm. so do you find that you learned more with each child like okay i got all this information uh on how to how to walk my kids through sports now my second child i'm even better smarter and now my third one i'm yeah. i got even more experience and fourth is, 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 did it did it did it did it, did it <laughs> you would grow? think right you would think but 
it's just like having a kid in general. Like you would think that after you have so many, you've got it all figured out, and every single one <laughs> brings new challenges to the You're table. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like it, it doesn't. You never have it all figured out. Is what happens. So I, I do think that um, our oldest ones gave us a lot of perspective that maybe we didn't have, mm. and so it's a lot easier for us to go through the journey with a lot more ease and a lot less stress. Right? Mm. We're not like, oh my gosh, you know, everything is so monumental, and every decision is like going to affect them for the rest of their lives like it was super intense uh, the first time around <laughs> yeah. and um so we've learned because it's been made obvious to us that like they can get to where they want to go and achieve great things in so many different ways it's really allowed me to just kind of take this st- a step back and really just enjoy the journey with them and um and not it's not so high pressure for us um so it's it's been a lot more fun, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But but every single child, I, I would like to think that I'm smarter now than I was, you know, five years ago or whatever. But but every child brings up different different things, and they have different challenges that the other one didn't have, and you still don't know what to do with that, right? So I think that we have a better approach and how to work with them through it, but we still don't have every single answer, and there's still things to learn. So that's yeah, ph- that's phenomenal. So I, so I was I was peeking around, poking around through your website. <clears throat> uh-huh. uh, I love the layout. You you have a, it's very you, simple. Yeah, and <laughs> that's why that's why that's, that's why I like it. Um, <laughs> and then you have you also I I know you have a podcast, but I don't I know I don't know if my listeners know you have a podcast. So how do how would they? What's your podcast called? How, and where are you? Where can they find it streaming? Mm-hmm. It's called um, Eating Curveballs for Breakfast because man, my life has curveballs every single day, right? And there came a point in my life where I'm like, well, the curveball's not going to ever stop, so I may as well learn how to hit them out of the park, right? So, um, and I think every athlete, every sports family can relate to that, no matter Mm -hmm. how many children you have, or even if you just have one, or not just, but even if you have one or a lot, it doesn't matter, um, you get things thrown your way all the time, unexpectedly, right? So um, that's what it's called, and you can find it on iTunes, um, I believe it's also on other things. I don't know. iTunes was the main thing for me because I have an iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. I wanted it on there. It's on other things too. You can look it up. Eating Curveballs for Breakfast. It's also, I have some episodes up on my website. I think there's a link there you can just follow. Yeah. And um, it's on Anchor FM. Anchor.fm, yes. Yeah. And um, I don't do episodes as often as I did when I started when I started off I was just I'm just gonna do just short little clips every day and I was doing that like five days a week and some of them are really short and sweet and simple and some of them are a little longer the interviews that I did were a little longer um so it's not like super structured format where it's like you've got to listen to an hour of me talking every day or anything like that um but it's just little it's just another way for me to easily um share some love with you know sports parents um and I know that we spend a lot of time in the car so podcasts are really nice to have uh, yeah po- cars and planes podcasts yes. are my friend when i'm on that, that flight i'm like oh let me, then we download a couple of podcasts yes. and learn and get some, get some knowledge up in me and then i'm good to go you know so yeah um, well, there's quite a few episodes already so even if i'm not like i'm not posting every day um recently it's been like once a month it's not been real frequent and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking to get more consistent with that again but there's also there's there's a number of episodes there to listen through. Yeah, and, there, yeah, and kind of like get a feel for. Yeah. There's tons of resources as I went through. There's tons of stuff that I got to go back and like hear that you've done a while back. I need to go hear those because I'm sure I'm going to get some jewels out of those. 
out of those podcasts. And feel free to feel free to message me, and we can we can chat about that too. Oh heck yeah! Heck <laughs> I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts. Heck yeah! So um so yeah so this is great. So let's talk about some other stuff. So I also noticed <laughs> this is this is this is different. <laughs> there was something on your site. It said uh, using essential oils. Oh yes. To hack performance. Yeah. So how did, and just so you know, I'm 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 a passive oiler. I'm not really like as You're aggressive. You're a passive oiler. <laughs> I love that. I'm passive. I'm passive. You know, I, I you know I get I'm a little bit into it, but. <laughs> Talk to me about how, yeah. about some of the things you're doing with the oils, so, you know, specifically for so athletes. Because I think sometimes specifically for athletes, yeah, yeah. Because I think obviously it transcends sports, but uh, it but athletes, you you know, we, we deal with certain things as athletes, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's anxiety, whether it's uh, right. pain and and uh, and, and joint, nerves, yeah, things like that. Pain, and yes. tell, so yeah. enlighten us, like how do the oils help with those types of things? Yeah. So, well, the number one thing for me, I love using essential oils for emotional support. And like, I like to, you know, like athletes, we want to be in the zone. We want to be in flow because that's when things just like come easy and things go well. I like to even be in flow as a parent, right? Mm. Like that's the state that I like to be in because when we're in that situation, like, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do about that. Like, it's hard to find solutions when we're in that frustrated state. So like really coming back to like, okay, let's take a deep breath, get back to calm and confident, right? Like, get back to a state of more peace and, like, re- relaxed, but not, like, falling asleep. But you know how it is. Like, when you're in that state of flow, um, things just go so much better. So I like to use essential oils for that purpose, whether it's, like, I need to just calm down, whether I need a little bit more of a pick-me-up because it's, like, 2 o'clock afternoon slump. I just had this long, like, people kids go to school and then now they got to get to practice and they need a little bit of a pick-me-up peppermint's really good for that um just put it in your hands rub it together inhale it that's i love peppermint for that and then whether it's like pre-game jitters you know there's some oils you can use for that whether it's self-confidence there are some things that are there to support those you know specific kinds of issues and emotions and then for athletes of course yeah pain right we we've got we're physically demanding of ourselves and we're really good at pushing ourselves hard and i think a lot of us underestimate the recovery portion of the whole picture and actually getting rest right and letting your body heal and all that stuff so there's oils that help your muscles relax there's oils that remove tension from your body so that you can play more freely right and your body's like can it's fluid and can move because um smooth is fast right so when you're nice and fluid and you're not all tense you can play better and then there's the aspect of sleep like sometimes before i have one child who like they're very they, they're really good at overthinking sometimes and like overanalyzing and like you're getting all caught up in your mind and it's like the day before the game and you know you need to sleep because sleep is important to you and you know you you perform better when you sleep but you can't sleep because you're thinking about all these things you have to do tomorrow so there's oils to help calm your brain down and shut your brain off for the evening so that you can actually get a good night of sleep before the big game the next day so yeah. those sorts of things like there's all kinds of really awesome um, applications for athletes specifically and then obviously the ones that support your immune system because like we have very busy demanding schedules and because a lot of times recovery and rest are an issue we're taxing our immune system more than 
you know, the average person. So there are oils and oil blends that help support your immune system to stay at a healthy functioning level so that you can, you're not missing practices, you're not missing games. We don't ever want to miss stuff, right? We always want to be present. We want to show up, train, be able to go to all the games, play. We don't want to miss things. So being able to stay healthy, especially when you have a demanding schedule and you're putting a lot of physical demands in your body, is really important for athletes. And we're always out and about amongst all kinds of people. So there's who knows what flying around <laughs> and germs and whatever that we're around probably more than someone who just sits in a classroom all day and is mm-hmm. around only, you know, so many people. So all kinds of different ways that essential oils can really help support a sports family. And it's not just the athlete, like the whole family, because let's face it, like when somebody's in sports, it affects the whole family. It changes everybody's schedule. You know, everyone's out there on weekends to support whoever's playing or what have you. So it, it affects the whole family. And the, and that's what I love about essential oils is that unlike a new bat, which like <laughs> only the athlete gets to use, um, the whole family can benefit from the use of it. And even with that emotional support as parents, when you need to, you know, take a chill pill or you need some perspective or you need to kind of slow down and be able to actually unwind at the end of the day and create that nice, peaceful environment in your home or you can, the thing I love about it too is you can diffuse oils overnight. And as you're breathing that in, you can help restore your system and kind of just support that immune system and all the functions in your body. So it like works while you sleep too. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. And, and I'm glad you got that out there because I think sometimes we, we take those things for granted, like health. Mm, yeah, for you know, sure. I think it's, 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 it's a given, but you know, nutrition, yeah. and nutrition and recovery and sleep and, all those things play a big part play a big part in um how we perform how we perform yeah you know so and and how much we enjoy it too so and as athletes a lot of times we're so used to everything working well like we're so used to our body doing what it's supposed to do that it's really it's it's really tough mentally and emotionally when something isn't working (laughs) when you get an injury or we get sick or whatever and it's like it's not just the physical recovery but it's like mentally emotional thing oh, yeah. too so oh yeah big time i love that i love that essential oils like supports all of that right mind body and soul like the whole thing yeah that's awesome yeah so on, on the island um what what's the number other, other you know obviously other than surfing what's the number one sport in hawaii like what's the, what's the most popular sport you think man hawaii? i don't i don't know i know a lot of people like football Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched a lot of women's volleyball growing up because we had a good team at the university. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those things are, soccer is huge. I think just like anywhere else, I feel like soccer is huge everywhere. Yeah. Um, and and there are a lot of softball. I think softball is pretty, it's a pretty solid sport here as well. Even like our high school season is very competitive. It's and, very and good teams. Do, do they play um, softball in the spring in Hawaii? Yes, we used sport. to play in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't rub it in. <laughs> and then we were forced to change it to spring for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was it was kind of nice to have it in the winter because it was easy to do winter, you know, high school, school sports, and then right into spring, you just roll into the club ball. But now it's kind of, it's a little trickier, like everywhere else. So I guess it's only fair. But I mean... You know, we get to, we can play year round if we want to. Doesn't necessarily mean that's the, the best idea for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just because we can doesn't mean we should. But um, so there's there's an element of being mindful there as well that sometimes 
is tough because we have the ability to just keep going all year. Now, is, and is, some is, people feel like you should. Is it tough to? Is it tough on the exposure side of things because you got to fly? You got to kind of fly to the showcases that are so far away and it's such a long flight. And yeah. how, how does that work? Is, is like Canada the best, but the better option, or is it like how does that work? You know. A lot of our kids will go to California and Colorado, um, and it's it really is like a lot of them will choose one event to go to. More and more are traveling to you know more and more events. Like they'll go to I, I don't know. I think we're actually not as as much in Colorado anymore, but that used to be the main place, and then now it's like um, PGF yes. and stuff in California, which is a little closer, probably a little bit easier for everybody. But I mean, it's definitely a factor because there there are people who can't afford to do that every summer, you know. Mm. And then there's some who actually send their kids up to stay up there all summer, so they're paying five, ten, fifteen thousand per summer to have their kids go up in the into the mainland U.S. and play there because right down here you're just playing the same people over and over that you played all through high school, yes. and, you know, that you mm. play all the time. So I mean, it's always wonderful when we can get outside of you know just this island <laughs> yeah. and and go see other things and see what's out there it's really good experience for sure but the cost is definitely a factor and there's there's a lot of really great athletes who can't afford to travel so they need to be really um creative with their process they've got to be really proactive in contacting people and getting their information out there somehow some way and um it is possible it is possible but it's, it's not the same as like being up there and you know you can go to so many events and camps and exposure you know showcases and stuff like throughout the year so it's definitely different it's definitely a challenge that a lot of athletes here face um and like i said some have the means to go up there and do it and others like it's just not it's just not possible so you've got to really take ownership of like okay what can you do and then make sure you're doing that This has been great. You know, I, I I I really don't want to keep you that too long. I said I I, I want to go at least a little a little more than a half an hour because I know you have so much so much to give us. Um, and obviously, I'd love to have you back. You know, um, absolutely. I, I always like to have. I like to consider myself having on this podcast. We have. I try to get get master coaches and master teachers on who have you know a certain level of experience and and, a, and some knowledge they can really help. Um, share with with my audience, but I also like to get people that I would I would like to have again and have, have to come on more more than once, because obviously mm. we, we can't cover it all in one podcast, and then there's different yeah, things that come up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but you know, there's this thing, there's this one thing I want to talk to you about before we get off the phone is uh, yeah. ha- as the um, the transfer portal. Oh gosh. And you know. It's 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 really you know, I I don't even know what to think about it. I, I don't really have I mean you, I, I kind of have an opinion, but then I kind of don't. You know, I honestly, it's so it's so hard because I can see various sides of it, right? I can see times when it's yeah. a great thing for yeah. certain people, yeah. and clearly there are times when I think that it's being misused. Mm-hmm. So it's just really hard to have just one stance on something like that Um, I think that there's a lot of times where we try to implement things that we think are going to fix certain problems and we just create more problems (laughs) Um, like that's normal and so with anything new even like the legislation of contact period and all of that like 
and, and this transport portal, I mean, there's going to be a steep learning curve and adjustments that need to be made to, I don't know, to, to kind of get things to be like, it has a use in the right situations and then to be able to eliminate those times when it's just like a free for all. Um, at the same time, it's like, I can totally understand like you have four years to play, right? Like you have, that's all you have. And then for a lot of softball players, like your career ends after that. There's not like, I mean, without the Olympic thing being super solid, it's not like you can just go and try out for the national team. There's a pro league, but it's not like other, you know, it's not like boys sports where there's so many opportunities, not so many, but there's there's genuine opportunities after college. So for a lot of kids, this is their last four years that they get to play this game that they love. And if they're truly unhappy where they're at and they want a different experience for their college experience and the last years that they get to play this game, like. I can understand wanting the option to find the situation that's going to be a fit for you. And some of it stems from like the recruiting process itself, right? And how that is being done, where are they being told certain things that just don't happen once they get there? Are they expecting certain things and that they were just told things that they wanted to hear and then they get there and they're experiencing something different? Like sometimes that happens, right? Or sometimes there's coaching changes and sometimes there's things that you didn't you you know you did as much due diligence as you could but like there are things that come up that you just didn't know were gonna happen and so there are definitely valid reasons for people to want to move and at the same time it's like I I, I definitely don't like how it seems to be just like a free-for-all just really strange situation where it's like I don't know. It's it's like there's no structure to the college experience I mean, I mean, right it's, now it anymore. Like the, it seems like people were transferring prior to the portal, but the right. but I think now the portal has made it just it, so much easier. Right. Um, it you know, was you, more. Like, it was a more involved process. Before. Right. It was harder to do. And there was yeah. there was yeah it was a little harder to do. So now okay, if you really want to transfer, like you you're really gonna have you to, to think jump, about you're gonna, it. You're gonna have to go through a lot of maybe maybe perhaps sitting out a year. You know you got you got to get a letter of release. So you have to have that conversation which is not comfortable with the coach asking right. for a letter of release and there's a lot of it was a whole you know obviously a whole uh, slew of steps that you had to take um, right. but you know from the player's perspective you, you hit every point I mean you're absolutely right from a, from a player's perspective and I yeah. think a lot of you know there's been a lot of backlash and there's been a lot of whispering about is it that it's not a fit or is it that you didn't get the play. Right. As it's much just as, complaining. Or, or, right. Yeah. You, you didn't get you didn't get the play as much as you wanted to play. Right. Because you didn't want to work it. You didn't want to like earn it. And only right. only nine people can play at a time. And right. obviously the roster has to be bigger than nine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, a, and, and, and in good programs it is. It's and, very big. And you're you know? gonna have to have sometimes you might have to play a role until you yeah. earn a different role. You know, I mean so and and but if I'm coming out of a situation where travel ball is like 13, 14 players because people will complain if you get 16 players. Right. Um, so I'm used to like always playing whether I'm good or not, whether I've earned it or not. Right. And now I get yeah. to college and it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, that could be a little bit misleading to what you think the game is supposed to be. Like this right. game, this game owes me th- uh, three at bats and 
some field time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I put yeah, so much no, into it. You. you know what I'm saying? Like I put it, so much into it, it, it from 10 to right. 16. I missed from every all summer. These years, yeah, I yeah, missed all like my that's summers. That's why I did all of that. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's so many different scenarios. You know, absolutely. And yeah. I went to a high school where it was very very competitive, and like we had kids who sat for three years, and they only started their senior year. And man, they just got out there and they owned it and they killed it and they made the most of it. And so it is hard to see some kids crying because it's like, oh, I didn't get to play. And it's like, man, there are some people who they had to go through some stuff. Like they had to they had to wait. There, they didn't have another option. There wasn't another option to jump to. So mm-hmm. you just had to like go through the tough stuff. And like, did you really want to be a part of this team, even if your role wasn't what you wanted it to be? So, I mean, there's definitely value in you know that sort of thing and i guess each and every person has to understand for themselves like what is it that they're actually looking for before they make a decision right do you want to be part of a legacy team where you might never play but is that going to be good like for you do, can you handle that like is that important enough to be like i was part of this team that achieved these things and i learned a crud ton even mm-hmm. sitting on the bench um, and being part of and being surrounded by people who are achieving at a high level and performing at a high level day in and day out, or are you just like, I just want to play ball. So yeah. I need to go somewhere where I'm going to get to play. Like you've really got to know what's most important to you and what it is that you're really after so that you can make the right choice because there are options out there for those different kinds of, you know, drivers and those different kinds of like, what are you really in it for and what level of commitment are you willing to to spend like put out here is softball actually going to be like super important to you or is your academics going to be way more important and you need a program that is going to allow you to miss some practices because you've got to go to class you know or are you going to be in a program that requires you to be there all the time and you can't miss and you you know what like what actually matters to you so it's really important to to think through those things and have those conversations within your family with your coaches or whoever it is that you have in your circle and and find out like what what is it that you really really want because if you go in with no idea i think that's when you end up with these you know these situations that just don't work and then i guess like what i don't see here like i think this is something that it's hard for me because i know a lot of people on the mainland us are talking about all the team jumping that's happening in travel ball and that's not something we see here yes people change teams and they're trying to find a good fit but normally like they're not changing school teams they're staying with their school team and they might be finding the right club fit and they usually stay there once they get there so it doesn't happen here i don't think the way that it happens in the mainland us but like when i hear people talking about it um, and how it's happening there. And they're talking about how they see it now at the next level. And they talk about how they see great coaches being suspended or great coaches being released. And it's like, what is actually going on? Like, what's going on that sometimes, like, I don't know these coaches personally. So I don't know what people mean when they say great coaches, if it's just, you know, great, great person, I, don't know what, what, I don't know what that means to them, right? But there's a lot going on in, in the sports community in general. Um, and I think some of it is good and it's needed and it's like really requiring that we all get better and step up in our own, you know, level of integrity and like being clear on what it is that we're here for and all of that stuff. And I think that some of it obviously is just like whining and complaining stuff that's going on, which kind of sucks. But it's, it's this period of growth that's really messy right now in a lot of different ways. And, and I, think, um, I, I, I think the game is going through its growing pains. literally because of the growth of the sport so so because the sport has grown so much 
there's actually more teams on here on the mainland and yep. there's more choices and everybody yep. like you said in earlier everybody feels like they're missing out on something right when a certain wave uh, hat hits or a certain certain thing happens it's like i feel like yeah. I'm li- I, I, I don't want to miss that. out i don't want to yeah. miss out well because you, you can see what everybody's doing because of the social media right so right bef- and so you know before you could that's important right yeah. So before you couldn't see everything. So it was like, yeah, we're, right. good. we're good here. You didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know, right? <laughs> so now it's really important to to think about that as well, right? Like, what are you doing with the information that you're seeing out there, right? How are you choosing to look at that and process it? But, you know, I was just talking with someone today who's like, I, we're feeling this shift in that whole recruiting process because it's like, I'm talking to coaches at these events and for them, they're just like, there's too many teams. It's so spread out. We wish it could just go back to having just these top teams and it's very competitive but then you think about all the kids who want a chance to go there and if there's only a limited amount of teams there's a lot who are never going to get that chance so how like how do we balance that right how do we give more opportunities for more kids who are legitimately like love this game and are good at it and also still keep it competitive to where it doesn't feel watered down it's a really, like you said, it's growing pains. It's a really interesting time where it's like more people want opportunities. So there's more teams forming and more bigger and bigger tournaments. And yet it's starting to feel watered down. Like if everyone's doing it, then it's not unique. It's not special. Right. But then if we make it more exclusive, like look at how many kids get left out and never get a chance just due to the wrong team. Right. Oh, I'm, I can't get on the right team. So I'm never going to get the chances that these people get. So it's a really tricky situation because I know when I got into, um, you know, at the University of Hawaii, like I see the girls that come from the mainland U.S. and it's like so clear that these are the kids that have the means to go with the certain travel teams and be in these certain situations and environments. Whereas our local kids are just like, it's so different. Like it was really different. Like we had kids that were making the team and were working full time and going to school full time and playing softball, not working full time, working part time, going to school full time, playing softball division one um, and supporting themselves through college, you know. And that's just not the case with the kids that were coming in from the mainland U.S. from these exposure camps and tournaments or whatever way back then where you actually had to be at these places to, you know, there wasn't the internet to, like, connect you with people. So it was very obvious that, like, the people who were getting the opportunities were the ones who could afford to be in certain places at certain times. And so the fact that there are more opportunities is cool, but it's also changing things well, in interesting ways. I think, I think what it really happened and, and, and you, 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 what you just said was spoken like a true coach who really is about the kids. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but a lot of people who are in the business of softball are really about the money more than they Very are about true. the kids. And they'll, and they'll say they're about the kids. So so for, And what I mean by money is I mean like, okay, if, if I'm an organization and I, and I have three 18U teams Three sixteen U teams, two fourteen U teams, three twelve U teams, mm-hmm. and ten. No, I mean however many ten U teams. Think about how much revenue, yeah. how, how much revenue That's my a lot more revenue. my quote unquote yeah. like my quote unquote not for profit organization is generating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, yeah, and, and, and I'm not true. mad at anybody who's, who's who understands this, the business of sport, but I, right. I, I just I just feel like the kids shouldn't suffer. The kids shouldn't be. The, the the ones who suffer because it's their game. Yeah. The game to belong. The yeah. game belongs to them. Yeah. And then, it's, and then, and then the other, the other side of it is, 
the events have gotten bigger because somebody's making money off more team being in, in, in every event. 100%. So, yep. so of course, the event's going to be bigger. So the college coaches are yep. like, so you, you expect me to drive to... All over the creation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to find a needle in a stack of needles, basically. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I think, and like you said, it was easier back in the days, but nobody, but then the revenue wasn't the same. Like the revenue, the amount of revenue... Ugh, oh my gosh! It's it, I mean it's nice, it's, it's great, but it's it, big, it, but, yeah. But at, but it, it, at the expense of the athletes, sometimes that's 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 the hard part for me to watch, is because right. I'm like these are just kids who love a sport, yeah. yep. and and you got a bunch of adults scrambling and scrapping for for, for coin, yeah. And I look at these kids and they have no idea. They just out there like it's a ball, it's a bat, it's a glove. It's right. A, there's like a base. I just want to play. There's a base. But there's, there's this whole other right. thing about it. Right. The game know, is pure. Like, like the game is pure, but the things that surround the game are not always pure. Yeah. You know, and and that, that's right. that's for me. That's we got to find. A, we we have to find a way to make it where okay, you guys can yeah. make your, you guys can make your money, but let, let's not rob the kids of. The right. fullness that they can get, the full uh, experience that they can get. Yeah, um, and I, I I've heard a lot because it's tryout season, so there's a lot of talk about you know commitment and loyalty and mm-hmm. staying with a team for the time you're eight. And I'm like, part of me is like, why would I want my child to only be with one set of teammates, one coach her entire career? There's so much more to learn, right? There's value in having to learn how to get along with new teammates. Like yeah. before, it was there was natural a natural progression of, of times when you, you had to change teams and you had different coaches and, you know, all these things. But now it's like there's this thing of like, oh, we want to keep the same team this whole way. And, of course, there's advantages to that. There's no doubt about that. But is that really what's best for the kids in the game, like, long term? Um, or is it just about our team's going to be stronger right now, like, in these tournaments that we're in? And, and then there's so much of each organization wanting to be the best or what there's competition between them where it's like everybody's super hurt if someone leaves and goes elsewhere it's like why are we not just all wanting the best for the kids like so they went somewhere else maybe it's better for them there and maybe another family's going to come into your team that's better for you like why does it have to be about like that's wrong to do you know it's like because mo- it's oh, cause a, lot, so a lot of people, a lot of people are sensitive, and and, and, and they feel scared, like, and they right? feel like it's an indictment on them. Now. Right, they feel like it's an right. indictment on them because you left them. Right, so they're 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 worried about how they look. They're worried about like that means I'm a failure. They're worrying, you know, like all. I mean, that's valid. Like I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if we're really here for these kids, like. Like what I mean, I I feel like there would be more cohesiveness and cooperation between everyone instead mm-hmm. of it being a competition between everyone like and and we're competing we're all competing well, against well, each well, other but, instead but, of like getting well, better together well, look at look at the or, the major organizations that organize the game they don't even get along that's true it's not even cl- that's very true. like not at all and if, yeah. if they would just cooperate yeah. the game the game could be so <laughs> much better if, if there was actually like a hierarchy and everybody got on the same page and we're gonna and it, you, you run tough. your event this week, I'll run my event that yeah. week, and then everybody can just 
be, it's tough it, it, because it, everybody has different values, right? And everybody has different things that they feel like people. are what's best for the kids, yeah, right? And yeah. everyone has their own opinions. And I and I totally get that too. Because I mean, it even happens on a smaller scale here on the island. It's like all these people want to do clinics. It's like, why don't we just all get together and we'll all promote the same people coming in. Like instead of everyone doing 10 different things, we could all invite everybody to each event instead of it being all tiny and separate but like nobody wants to cooperate and everybody wants to be the one so it's just it's really hard so i mean yeah. it's it's frustrating but it's also like i mean it's it's kind of it's, it's pretty common like you know now, 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 it's, it's now going back to the portal to be so unified. going back to that portal thing though like as a college coach because we've talked about the players that's that's one side yeah. of it. but yeah. on the other side of it is the college coaches because now College coaches are are in a situation where the way in which you coach, the way in which you uh, hold athletes accountable, yeah, is being challenged. Yeah, the, the, the quote unquote old way we did it as coaches, right? Yeah, um, is now being uh, not only is it being challenged, but when it when it becomes challenged, the the, the school administrations are, are siding with the athletes and the students, the, athlete, the athletes, the athletes and their parents yeah. who are the, who are, and yeah, their parents yeah, yeah. who are pushing the pen and writing letters and yeah. emails to the president of the college and you know ads yeah. ads jobs are in jeopardy. It, it, it trickles down. Right. It trickles it's really, down. It's really it's really a crappy place to be. I I, I have to say like. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think that there are times when I think that there are times when some coaches probably have room for growth, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are times when like very good coaches, I'm sure, are being let go for like dumb reasons because we've seen like I've experienced that and like I've seen that like parents complain and they're valuing something that isn't really actually what's most important in this whole grand scheme of things. And then, you know, it, it's a, then administration gets involved and they just want to keep people happy. And it, it can get really messy and it can be, you know, choices can be made on things that most of us probably don't agree with. Um, at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's a really, to me, like my perspective on it, it's easy for me to say because I'm not a college coach. Let me just say that right now. It's very easy for me to say because that's not my, I'm not there, right? This is not my livelihood. My family's not depending on my paycheck. Um, but I would definitely take it as a major call to like raise my level level of leadership so high that people want to stay and then do a really good job of their recruiting process so that everything is clear from the beginning and I know who I'm getting and they know what they're getting and we make a commitment and we make an agreement and I, and I, you know, like that process becomes much more involved and maybe a lot more extensive because you don't have like just that that writing that they signed over and like okay now you can do whatever you want they've got to stay like they're stuck you actually have to deliver right you actually have to be excellent and build a strong program where people want to be there and that's not a bad thing that's it not doesn't a bad thing. suck that yeah, people can, can complain and leave yeah it does is there are there times when crap is going to happen and the wrong choices are going to be made and it's going to be you that is on the short end of the stick i'm sure that's going to happen as well but if all of the leaders just went like, this is this is a situation in which I am being called to raise my level of, of leadership to the point where it's a non-issue. 
yeah, they can leave, but no one wants to leave. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like we have this tremendous opportunity to become better. Unfortunately, like that's not the only thing in play, right? Like sometimes you, that one person can complain to the wrong person and it becomes this whole thing and it ruins it for everybody. Like that happens. Um, so there's never any guarantee, um, which, you know, that, that's life. And it, it's really hard. I think it's really hard when those college coaches, like I know a lot of them care very much about what they do and they put everything they have into it and they're, you know, they're, it's their job. And so that's their life too. Um, and I can only imagine how devastating it is when, when it seems like that's not appreciated at all. And it's just like thrown out the window because one person doesn't like the way that you do this one thing and it just doesn't work for them. But, but and here, they make this huge here, deal here, about it. Here's one of my, one of my little theories here. I remember when early verbal commitment happened, started to happen. Right. Right. And yep. I said to myself, okay, there are some players that you can look at as an eighth or ninth grader and say, I'm going to project that when this player is a sophomore or junior in college, that they're going to be this, that, or whatever at my level. I, there are, that, that, that can happen. It doesn't happen that often, I don't, I don't believe. Right. But it can happen. But mm -hmm. the, the, the amount of players that were that were that were committing early, early, mm -hmm. you you knew as an experienced person that it just as, as, as an experienced human being that can see something coming, you mm -hmm. knew that it was going to have to crash. Yeah, that there was going to be like almost like a crash where softball is going to crash. Mm -hmm. This whole recruiting thing is going to crash. And how it's going to crash is you're going to see how they show how the college game is going to show up at the college. It's going to show up at the highest level. So what I, I think what's happening is when, when you commit an eighth grader who hasn't even had a day of high school yet. Right. Or young, young, barely young, a teenager. Right. Not even she, they're not even who they're, they're not even who they're going to be. She, right. She's going to be an entirely different person. Yeah. In five years, in five years, like, six she's years. Not even the person that you recruited. Right. She hasn't even, she doesn't even have, she doesn't even have any peer pressure yet. To the extent that peer pressure really happens in high school, like she hasn't even gone through like you're evaluating her. Serious relationship, right? You, you, know, you, have, like, no, you have no idea yeah. what's good, what you're gonna get when it's time for her to sign that 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 letter of intent. You have no clue, yeah. and I think and neither do they, right? You, like they really don't. The, the kids don't. I mean, no one does. So now, now I've committed a, a player, and then they get there, and it's like, wait, you used to be such a cute little eighth grader. What happened to you? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! What have I done? And it's, it's too late now. Right. <laughs> and then, then right. all of a sudden, you got this this person that it, it, not only you have a person, but attached to this person are the parents who created her. Mm -hmm. And now, because going back to your, your earlier point, you kind of you kind of got to recruit parents too. Yeah. You know, so it, it's a, it's a lot. You know, and that's there's the, the, a lot. A lot of layers, and, and, and this is a whole another podcast by itself. This is a whole series of <laughs> this is a whole series of series of podcasts. <laughs> this uh, could be like a this could be like a show on Netflix, like season one through twenty. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> oh my no goodness. kidding. So um, so many different different things that happen, and yeah. it's a it's a tough tough process because it's like you're talking about you know on the family side of it, you're talking about your child's future, and every parent just wants the best for their kid. 
and there's so much pressure and there's so much like well if you don't do this then you're not going to be able to have this opportunity that you really want and that's a tough place to be mm-hmm. right and i feel like if all parents were like hell no we're not making this decision in 8th grade then this wouldn't happen but like that's a really hard thing for every parent to be like we need more time like yeah. these kids can't make this decision right now but, but if every parent said no like it wouldn't happen right but but, but, but here, here's, 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 what I, here's what i'm going to say and that's funny cuz i talked to a lot of, i talked to a few schools about this i'm curious mm-hmm. to see i'm curious to see what you're going to say when they ended when they ended um, early conversation, right? Between Division One coaches and perspective, you know, When they ended, yeah. when they ended it, I felt like it was a win for the game mm. because one, it gives those players that are going to peak late more time, more time to, Le- to, to a more level playing field to, to develop in a more. Sense. The kids that mm-hmm. you were gonna miss because you, you know, you you got grades early. You already signed. Yeah. Right. You 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 get a chance to see that player grow and develop. And I thought that was important for everyone, not just the players, but also for the coaches. I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of coaches see it that way. Um, but right. but um, now you really gotta do a little bit more work to recruit, and I think mm-hmm. the kids can can actually work harder because now you're comp- if, if you're the 14 year old that peaked before everybody else did. You look, yeah. you look great out there because everybody yeah. hasn't grown yet. They haven't figured it out yet. But, then, matured, but, yeah. but that same 14-year-old that was striking everybody out or dropping all those bombs. Um, and two years later, else, it can be very different. Two years later, she's a different yeah. player. That's usually yeah. that's usually what happens. And I, 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 yeah. I, I just felt like it was, it was better for the game all around because of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I really wish that these kids didn't have to make those choices until, you know that last year maybe maybe the end of their junior year like they really they're, they're going through so much um so much is changing in their whole world right and the, i guess the hard part that we're seeing now on the, on the on the other end of it is that a lot of them want to be able to do their research and their due diligence but they're having to wait until they're down to the wire to even being able to start that process with any particular coach. So that feels like a lot of pressure compared to what it was. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, so there's like, there's so many sides. Um, I, I wish there were a way that families and kids had a way to do that due diligence, but that they wouldn't have to actually make that final decision until a little bit later. And I don't know what the answer is, you know, who knows what the perfect, scenario is um i really don't know what exactly would be the ideal situation but what it was wasn't really working (laughs) and what it is now um i I feel like it's better but i feel like there's still obviously room for continuing to kind of keep a pulse on it and make some tweaks here and there yes i think and and that's that's to be expected i think it's it's better it's not perfect but i I think like you said i think we watch it we yeah. we see how it works. We get feedback from people on both sides, um, mm-hmm. and see how we make it even better and make it even more. Yeah, more over know. time. Yeah, so, take some time. Yeah, that's great. So, I'm gonna yeah. um, I'm gonna say this. I, I'd lo- I'd love for you to give my listeners um, a way that they can contact you, a way they can follow you on social. Um, 
I think you have a lot to offer the game in different ways. Uh, I appreciate you coming on on the podcast today. And I'd love to Thank just you. Get, get your information out so that people can know where to find you on social and how they can contact you and, and, and learn more about what you're doing. And, yeah, and sure like thing. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to connect and um, have fun conversations with other people who care about, you know, not only the game, but like even bigger than that in the community and, yes. um, and all of that. So it's been fun. And the best place to stay connected with me right now is on Facebook. So it's facebook.com yeah. slash coach Stacy S-T-A-C-I-E. That's my Facebook page. It's where I'm most consistent. Um, we also have the Tough Team Challenge going on right now where we're giving little actionable steps every day for 10 days for people who want to develop, start putting in a foundation of really starting to develop like the mental side of the game where we talk about it a lot and we tell kids what to do, but like we don't actually know what to do to actually like put it in play, right? So it's free toughteamchallenge.com you can register and you can get into the Facebook group you get you know emails with the challenges and the simple tasks each day and that'll kind of just get you started for people who understand that like this journey is a lot more than physical skill and we need to take care of the whole person Mm. Um, and families have gone through it with us together like parent and child which is super awesome like it's called tough team challenge because it was meant for like teams um, and coaches but we've had so many parent-kid um, combinations come through and they just absolutely loved it. And a lot of them were talking about how like their relationship with their child is better because they went through the challenge, which is like, I mean, I've seen competitive, I probably, I'm sure you've seen it too, where competitive sports create tension between, within the family. Yeah. Um, and, and it can get crazy and it can be, <laughs> you know, bad for everybody. So. When I'm hearing these parents of these like 10, 11, 12 year olds and these kids that are getting into those teen years and they're starting to feel like they don't know how to connect with their kid anymore so much and it's harder to have communication and talk and, um, you know, to, to hear them say like their relationship is better with their child and, and they have a better understanding of how to best support them through the journey and work with them. Um, like for me, that's a huge thing because my deal is like working with a family, right? So like that's a big deal. And then of course other people went from being more cautious to being able to be more aggressive on the field or from anxious to really being able to own that circle and go up there and perform. So, I mean, lots of, lots of great things for different people who needed different things. And that's something that we're doing right now. Um, but facebook.com slash coach Stacy is easiest way to stay in touch with me and get a hold of me via message. So the tough team yeah. challenge, um, can they find out more information about that on your Facebook page? Or I how, posted about it a few times, but um, where, where did they find out if they wanted to? Let's say they want to sign up. Like, how did they, is that on your website? They just go toughteamchallenge.com, the oh. website. Oh, toughteamchallenge.com. And they can register right okay. there. It's free. Yeah, toughteamchallenge.com. Okay. Free good. registration right now. I don't know how long it's going to stay free because we keep adding stuff to it, and it might just be something that we run like you just sign up whenever you want, and it's like a small fee, and you just run through it yourself. But right now, we're kind of like more involved in it, and there's a Facebook group where we're having interactions about it and we do we dropped some live videos last time we ran it and those are still available for people to see each day um some q a and it's like it's actually a really cool community there's some great people in there and that's been the most fun thing is to, to meet more great people and to see them ready and willing to learn and wanting to get better and then taking that into their team and into their community so that's been beautiful that's good stuff
So when when, when you're gonna be um on the mainland anytime soon? That's a great question. Um, sending kids to Texas. My two daughters will be in Texas for college in August. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm gonna be the one that's going with them or somebody else is going with them. And probably later this year, I'm hoping to get up to the NFCA convention and or last time we did a mini tour after that where we did some live events, mental performance clinics. So we may be doing that again. We don't we don't have any definite plans yet, but okay. I'm hoping to get to the mainland okay, US check this once out. or twice if, if you come, sometime you, this year. So you know that the NFCA convention uh, for, 20, for 2019 is going to be in New it's Jersey. It's a cold place. It's going to be yeah. in New Jersey. So, <laughs> you know, are, yes. so you know, I'm, I'm in New York. So that means you're only going to be about, it's going to be in Atlantic City. Oh, so sorry. you're only going to be about um, less than two hours from me. So maybe wow. we could set up something where we could, I could, we could promote something like a, a, like some kind of event, something where we could get yeah. you to do something here while you're here um, other than just attend the convention, but maybe like do a clinic or do some kind of, do something. So we have to right. we have to keep in Absolutely. touch. We have to keep in touch and figure out how we make that work. Because I have a lot of travel teams that would love to do that around here. Perfect. So, I'll stay in touch. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we we I'll definitely will. That this that would be great. And, and yeah, then hopefully it snows. Fun. I hope I hope it snows while you're here. Oh too. my god! <laughs> <laughs> so that right now, really, oh because I, I, have you ever seen snow before? No, See? not like falling on oh the ground. Oh my gosh! Yet. So all on right. the ground, yes. I'm, I'm gonna pray but for. Not falling. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pray for snow. You're gonna pray for snow. I told my <laughs> I told my team last year. I'm like, you know, I really love you guys. I'm coming to Illinois in December when I live in Hawaii. Like, you know, that's the, like that's a big deal. That is, that <laughs> like, is a big deal. It was fun. It was awesome. <laughs> and um, I'm hoping that we get to get out there again and do some do some clinics for some teams in that area for sure. So I'll, I'll be in touch for sure. Yeah, we definitely got to do that. Oh man, that's great. Okay, well, yeah. uh, again, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna get. Uh, I will let you know when this um, when this goes live. Awesome! Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Rob Cruz, Transcending Sports, signing out. <laughs>